before the goodness starts flowing, I want to welcome you to the STR Sisterhood, real life stories from real life women in the short-term rental industry. I'm your host, Stacey St. John, ex-corporate girl who discovered how to replace her six-figure salary through short-term rentals and who now has the pleasure of helping others do the same. On this show, we talk to real women in the short-term rental space about their journeys and how they've managed to turn their STR dreams into reality. If you're an ambitious woman who's looking to build a successful short-term rental business, you are in the right place, sister. Welcome to another episode of the STR Sisterhood. This is Stacey St. John, and I just want to say a huge thank you for inviting me into your home today. I know you have lots of choices with how you spend your time, and it is a complete honor for me to spend a few minutes together. Now, I want to, of course, share a quote I recently read before I dive into today's awesome interview. This quote resonated with me. And it says, passion is the log that keeps the fire of purpose blazing. Isn't that a fun one? Those fun words come to us from Oprah Winfrey, media mogul, and of course, all around amazing woman. Speaking of amazing women and passionate women, I am excited to have you meet my good friend, Madeline Blom. Madeline is a fellow STR sister. She is an investor in short-term rentals. She is an expert in real estate in the Smoky Mountains market, and I know you are going to love her. So without further ado, let's dive into my conversation with Madeline. Madeline, I am so excited to be having this conversation. Thank you so much for for joining us, first of all. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a while. I know. So let me start off and have you just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who you are and where you're located. Great. Well, my name is Madeline Blum. I live in Knoxville, Tennessee, originally from New York. I moved down here about seven years ago, and I focus predominantly on the Smoky Mountain real estate side of things. I am an investor of short-term rentals. I've been selling short-term rentals for the last two and a half years, and it's really been an awesome ride. I've met a ton of amazing people that have become friends, and this is this is my thing. So short, selling short-term rentals in the Smokies. I love it. Talk to me a little bit about how you discovered the short-term rental space? What interested you about it? How did you get plugged in? So it's an interesting story. I think uh, for many of us, it kind of started during that pre-COVID time. And so my husband and I had always been into real estate. We did long-term rentals for about 10 years. And, um, you know, I was kind of looking for, looking kind of to get into buying real estate again. I used to be a teacher. I moved to Tennessee to be a mom to my three kids. At the time I had two. And so we were, I was just trying to find ways that we can kind of leverage and, and maybe start to grow a real estate uh, empire again. And so during that time, we had gone to Fontana Village in North Carolina 
My husband owns a Porsche. We're really big into like car events and we're car enthusiasts. And so we found this beautiful area and I had been looking in the Smokies, just kind of perusing, but things were kind of starting to get out of control in pricing. And so we found this beautiful area and decided that that's kind of where we wanted to be. And so once I realized, okay, I want to kind of get into this area, I uh, started to dive into everything I could learn about short-term rentals. And uh, one of the first books that I read was Avery Carl's book on how to self-manage and get into short-term rentals, which was really a game changer for me. And that's how I started. I love it. I love it. So again, just to recap, you're a real estate agent who sells short-term rentals. You're also an investor in short-term rentals. And now you have how many properties in your portfolio? I have five that I manage myself. My husband and I, we, we're a team and we're actively looking for our sixth right now. I love it. Yes. So I'm curious from your perspective, how has your experience as an investor in short-term rentals specifically impacted the way that you serve your real estate investor clients who are shopping for short-term rentals in the Smokies? I mean, that's a great question, right? I think that one of the reasons why I have been so successful in this industry is because I'm an investor and I get it, right? So I think one of the first things that my clients get the sense of is they feel that they can, a sense of trust. They feel that I have the experience because I am in a space I am self-managing in four different markets, all which are very, very different. And so I always have very honest conversations with my clients and I tell them exactly what I would be looking for. And they love that because they feel that it's very refreshing to find an agent that is experienced and owns short to rentals because anyone can sell real estate, right? But I feel like once we're getting into that space of selling vacation homes and really talking to clients and and helping them go through that process it's it's not easy right there's a lot that goes into play you need to know about restrictions you need to know about zoning is the property going to be profitable right but that looks so different for for different people because my first question is what is your why and what are your goals what are your goals into going in, into buying a short-term rental? Because as, as we all know, the Smokies is, is a very competitive market. And so yeah. there's a lot of things that one needs to consider in order to, to find something that's going to be lucrative and, and do well, especially in the Smokies. Yeah. And I know you and I have discussed this in, I guess, behind closed doors, but I... I'll put it out there, okay? Because we're both <laughs> real. real. We know each other. We're, real. <laughs> we're both real estate agents, and we both are owners of short-term rentals. And at the same time, there are so many realtors out there or agents out there who focus on serving investor clients, selling them short-term rental properties. But candidly, they don't know a lick about short-term rentals. I'm curious if you have had that experience and what some of the challenges have been for you and your clients when you're working with another agent who is not experienced in this space. It makes it challenging, right? Because I come in like I'm bad out of hell. <laughs> and 
I just, I'm loaded with my questions, right? And it's just like standard process of things. What's the rental income? Tell me about the restrictions. However, we all know that that's a buyer's due diligence, right? Mm -hmm. To do, but it's not having the resources that you need when you need them. And so it's really difficult when you work with someone that just doesn't have that background or the knowledge and it's really hard for them. And I find it's really hard when they have clients that have short-term rentals. They don't know how to convey the information. I think the biggest thing we're struggling with is understanding the market that we're in. We are no longer in a market where interest rates are 3 to 4%, 5%. I mean, we're just not. And so I feel like in this market currently, a lot of realtors are just taking a listing and not really doing their due diligence and talking with their clients, which are these sellers about where realistically we are in this market and where they need to be to sell it, if that's what their goal is. So, I mean, I have to say in the, in the Smokies, for the most part, agents that are selling short-term rentals know the, know the space. I definitely have encountered a couple where it's like, all right, get it together, girl. If this is what you're selling or sir, you, you need to have the information that we need readily available because... Investors have to analyze deals, right? At the end, you can go off a projection, but obviously everybody wants real historical data that they can go off of. Yeah. I think it's, it's for me, for example, I am in various different markets and I have found it more challenging to be in these smaller markets to find people that have the experience of short-term rental. So it's a lot of me having to kind of guide them. At the end of the day, when I move forward with my deals, one of the first things that I look for is trying to, is to find someone that has the experience and understands it because it's just so much easier. We're speaking the same language. Yeah. Do you feel like it's important to have an agent who is also an investor in short-term rentals or do you feel like it's enough to have an agent that has experience selling and buying short-term rentals? Obviously, it's a perk, right? Because you're in this space, you're in the world, you're getting, you're analyzing deals all the time. So I think that that's where I stand out amongst other agents. There are many that that own properties, but I'm actively in it. I self-manage. I'm in, I'm in various different markets. So for me, I think that when a client hears that I'm an investor, like it's a breath of fresh air mm-hmm. because they feel like I understand it. I get it. But I'm very honest, right? At the end of the day, we investors are very unemotional. At the end of the day, everyone wants to get, wants to find the best deal or again, find what it is that they're looking for based on what their goals are. Yeah. Yeah. And from your perspective, when you are shopping in a new market and you're looking for an agent to support you, what types of questions are you asking them to get a sense of, okay, this person is legit. They actually know the space. What types of questions are you asking an agent? Well, my number one question is, do you own any short-term rentals? What kind of tools are you using to help your clients analyze? Well, again, you can't, you can't analyze deals for your clients, right? But you know, what kind of tools do you use to kind of guide uh, clients and finding properties that could be profitable short-term rentals or areas. What are the what are the highlighted areas that you feel uh, are are good places to look at? What what are places that have higher occupancy rates? What is what's the seasonality of of these properties? And so I just because I have again the experience, it, it just kind of flows for me. But I think um, the biggest question for me is are you in the space? Do you own, do you self-manage, right? Because I feel right off the bat, I'll be able to connect with that person 
because we're going to be aligned. Right. And so that's like my number one question. And knowing the different tools that are out there, obviously, Air DNA is like the number one that all of us in the investor world know, you know, but there's the free resources like awning.com and Rabu. I mean, there's nothing is Bible, right? They're all tools that we're using, but I, I like someone that's fast, right? I also want to be able to communicate with someone that's responsive. I don't, I don't want to wait a day to hear from you, right? That's not how I, that's not how I conduct my business. I understand we all have lives, but I do want to feel like I'm going to be a priority and not necessarily like a number. Yeah. And again, I think that that's where I stand out. All my clients feel like they're my, my only one. Yeah. So. Well, I was going to say, if anyone knows Madeline, this girl is a freaking rock star and she is on it like lightning. So I can imagine. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I set the expectation pretty high. So and it's a little disappointing because my husband will be like, my goodness. But I being in this space, I have to say that's one of the best things about our community, right? It's that it's so small and you're able to refer someone, right? So it's like yeah. if I'm looking for someone I, for the, for the most part, have found people that I have been able to connect with and are, and are in this space. But it's kind of when you get into some of those tertiary markets where there's not a whole lot of people, it, it, that's where it becomes a little bit more challenging. For sure. Any property managers out there looking to make your life harder? Yeah, I didn't think so. Meet Hostfully, an all-in-one solution designed to make short-term rental property management easier. An Airbnb, Verbo, and Booking.com preferred software partner, Hostfully seamlessly syncs your property's info, pricing, and availability on over 17 listing sites. Hostfully's single view calendar provides instant protection from double bookings, and its unified inbox keeps your guest and team messages all in one place. So no more logging in and out of multiple sites. You can even create your own direct booking website too, without any extra fees. With task automations and over 100 integrations, Hostfully serves as a centralized hub for your short-term rental business. So whether you manage one or 1,000 properties, you can tailor your plan to fit your unique business model. And for those on the move, Hostfully's brand new mobile app offers everything you need to operate your business away from your desk. But that's not all. Explore Hostfully's beautifully designed digital guidebooks with AI-generated itineraries customized to your guest preferences. So make life easier with Hostfully. For a limited time, Hostfully is offering my listeners an unheard of deal. $200 off your property management platform subscription, plus six months of premium guidebooks for free. Normally, the deal is just $100 off and two months of free guidebooks. So hurry, they're only running this deal between October 14th and October 31st. Go to www.hostfully.com slash sisterhood and let them know you're in on this deal through the chat option at the bottom of the screen. So I want to pivot real quick and, and talk to you about self-managing your properties. You're self-managing in four different markets. Talk to us a little bit about, number one, what that experience has been like, and number two, maybe what some of the challenges have been for you. 
So managing in four different markets, you know, it can have its challenges, but you know, it's also, it also has his, its pluses. My biggest challenges are finding the resource, the, the people to kind of help you when you need them. But I have to say, I've been pretty lucky. I mean, you want to hear a funny story, how I found my, my rock star cleaner in Kentucky. I do. At the supermarket. <laughs> At the supermarket. Okay. This is the funniest story. You got to peel back the layers on this one. Talk to us about what actually happened. Yeah. So I am in Shelbyville, Kentucky and have that, that I feel was my like hardest one to tend to, to narrow down my people. I was having no luck on social media. I was having no luck with the people I was interviewing. And I'm like, I am leaving in a day and I have no one. What am I doing? I'm not coming back here. I'm like ready to go. So I said to my husband, you know what? I'm a Latina. I see that there's like these small, cute little churches. And I see like Mexican restaurant here. I said, I'm, I'm going to go out and I'm going to try to find some of my people. And so my husband, Jason just laughed and he's like, all right, whatever, do what you got to do. I'm like, I'm going to pick up some groceries. So I am in the supermarket, the local supermarket, just walking the aisles. Every like Latino person I see, I'm like, Hey, how are you? I'm like, I'm new to the area. I'm looking for someone to help me. I bought this house. I need someone to help me clean. Do you know of anyone? No, 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 no. As I'm walking out, I see these lovely people just congregated near the door. They're chatting. And I said, it was like the last set of people I spoke to. I said, listen, I'm in this area. I'm new, going through my spiel. I said, I am looking for some a rock star team or a couple of ladies that are looking for work. I said, I will train them. And this one man, he actually was a pastor in one of the local churches, says, Hey, as a matter of fact, I do. I'm going to give you so-and-so's number. I said, fantastic. I got in my car. I called her. It was late. It was like 7.30 at night. So I'm thinking, I'm probably not going to be able to interview her. But anyway, let me try. Stacy, that woman met me at the house an hour later with her daughter. It's a mother-daughter team. They've never cleaned a short-term rental ever. You know, a property that is set up as that way. And I have five-star reviews across the board. And they are solid. So good. They're so good to me. And I'm so good to them. And I'm like so blessed. And my husband's like, wow. Okay. That is hustle with a capital H. Oh, you got right? I love that. So Madeline, I love that story because I think a lot of people, and I'm curious if you have seen this too, they just kind of sit back and they wait for, oh gosh, I can't find anybody or I don't know of anyone. So they sit back and they just wait for resources to come to them. This is the first time I've ever heard of someone sourcing a cleaner from a trip to the grocery. But I love that you were proactive. You were like, okay, it's not happening and I have to get this done. I'm going to do whatever I need to do mindset girl i said i'm gonna find someone i today am going to find someone and so i brought them to me you know i'm really big into that energy that that like mentality you need something you want something you know you manifest it to come to you and i have to say man they are so solid they are coachable which is a big thing i mean i think we need to be very honest right to to know and to talk about the fact that we live in a very sensitive world. People don't want to take constructive criticism. And for me, communication is huge. I treat my, my team with respect. 
But I also tell them at the end of the day, I am paying for a service. We are a a team, right? Like at the end of the day, like I want those five-star reviews coming. So what can we do to maximize this experience and make this like perfect for our our people? For the most part, I have to say, my people, like they're okay with like those conversations, but those are the people that you meet. I don't sugarcoat. I set the expectation like that, like very high expectation from early on. And, and I think it's important to continue to have those conversations. People can slack, people can start to think that things aren't as important, but open conversation and dialogue is, is number one for me. Absolutely. And especially with our cleaning teams, I feel like this is such an important topic that not a ton of people are talking about. And in fact, I have, uh, uh, some fun learning opportunities coming up when it comes to cleaning up your cleaners act, right? Because it is, it's a challenge for many of us. And I've been the recipient of, of having problems with cleaners who start out doing a great job and the quality of their work goes down over time. And so I have put protocols and systems in place in my own business to try to make sure that we are having open dialogue with our cleaning team, sharing feedback. And so I I totally, totally agree with you. And it's not easy, right? It's not easy. It really depends on on the, the, the team that you've chosen, how they run their business. You know, I think a lot of it is self-motivation and how, how detailed they are in their life. So those are the people that I look for because I'm super, super detailed. And I think you you nailed it, right? Systems and, and having systems in place and knowing exactly what the expectation is that they need to do. But that takes time. You know, if I can go back in retrospect, that's one of the first things that I think I should have established early on so that it becomes easy. And it's kind of the same thing in all the different places, right? Absolutely. Curious from your perspective, too, when it comes to managing in different markets, and you're in very different markets, like your markets are not clumped in one specific area, you're in several geographies, shall we say, do you see any major differences between your markets in either the ability to find good people or what cleaners, as an example, provide in one market and they don't provide it in another market? What have those differences been like for you? So it's funny, right? So what I have concluded is that the beach is super gracious. They're laid back. They want to get away. They want to go to the beach, right? Because for example, I just came back from the beach and I was, I was a little upset with how things were kind of being ran there. And so I try to go to my properties quarterly. And like I said, I have really high expectations. I'm an A-type personality. I mean, that's just who I am, right? And I will own it. For the average person, maybe it's not like a big deal, but I started to notice little things that I just wasn't happy about. And I have five-star reviews. Like I have like almost 50 five-star reviews. I'm thinking to myself, how has no one complained about this? Right. So something that's like minute for someone else is like huge for me. So I would say the beach is very gracious. The mountains of Smoky, uh, uh, the, the Smoky Mountains, this area, especially on the Tennessee side, very demanding, very high maintenance. They don't have, they're not very gracious. So it's so interesting what I find. And then mm-hmm. Kentucky they're pretty chill. Like I said, I mean, everything is is pretty clean. I think the biggest thing is cleanliness, right? Let's be real. If someone walks in and a place looks clean, 
first impressions are everything. I think that they'll be gracious enough to work with you within when an issue comes up. And I right. think obviously communication is number one. I always communicate with my guests. I make them feel like I'm personable. I'm, a, I'm here to help you. And so when issues arise, they're, they're comfortable enough to talk to me, right? But I will say the beach... They're kind of like, whatever. So for example, I had a guest that didn't have the light fixtures working in the kitchen for like four days. <laughs> Never told me anything. Oh my goodness. Gave me five stars. Everything was great. And, and so I, my cleaner goes and she's like, your light's not working. I'm like, so we, I asked my guest and she says, well, it was okay. I just, I use the light underneath the, uh, the vent and the, you know, into the microwave or I use like the other sets. And I'm like, the main light was not working. How, <laughs> how did you not complain? You see what I'm saying? Right. Right. So I, uh, being in the different markets, that's kind of what I noticed, but right. you know, I try to keep the expectation high and all, but yeah, for sure. I definitely, uh, I'm not in four markets. I'm in two markets and I definitely see differences in team members, how approachable they are and coachable they are in the different geographies. And to your point, we definitely have different guest avatars in the markets. And even within my Myrtle Beach market, I have some properties that are a higher end clientele and other properties that are more geared towards a value-based clientele. And I think even there within the beach market with different guest avatars, it can be really eye-opening to see what the expectations are of each guest. I find that sometimes the value-based clientele expect more than the high-end. Mm. It's quite interesting quite interesting. Interesting. Yeah, it is. It is. I want to ask you too, you mentioned you have three kiddos. You obviously have a busy career selling real estate. You're managing five properties. Talk to us a little bit about what a typical day looks like for you. Well, let's also throw in that I homeschool two of my children. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I when I tell but I tell people that they're like, wait, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I was a teacher, and I, I know I come from a very structured background, and so I can multitask very quickly. I can be very efficient at that, right? But at the end of the day, I'm exhausted. I mean, let's be real. So my day starts with my kids. I wake up a little bit earlier in the day to catch up on all my emails and correspondences. And then I homeschool my kids typically from nine to 12, 1230. And, but in that time, while well, my kids have, cause they're older, so they have independent time to do different things. So when I'm working with one, another's doing something else. And in between I'm working my business. And, uh, after that I'm running around these kids all over the place. So how do I run my business in between on my phone? And, yeah. uh, I come home and I make dinner. I engage and play with my kids. I engage. And then I do a lot of my my uh, catch up and paperwork at night. Okay. So is it ideal? Is it the, is it the best schedule out there for, for me? Absolutely not. I mean, I'm, try, I'm still trying to figure it out, right? We talked about this earlier where, where I kind of am struggling right now because I have, you know, a lot of business and I have a lot of people that are looking to sell and buy. I need help. 
I need help with all my paperwork. But again, I'm that realtor that does it all, right? I'm from like beginning to end. I'm, I'm executing the entire deal, but I love it. I have to say, I enjoy it. But balancing my time, I think for many of us is where we struggle, you know, especially mothers. Oh, totally. Totally. And I think for me, as I was setting up my short-term rental business and, and my real estate career is very different than yours. I have my real estate license to support my own investing. I'm not serving a clientele like you are, right? But as I looked to build out my short-term rental portfolio, I purposefully built a team from the start and invested in that team from the start. What's been great about that is it has allowed me to grow my portfolio very quickly without the growing pains of feeling like I have to do everything myself and then trying to figure out what I want to delegate. I've basically set up a system and a team-based structure. So I delegate everything and I'm just kind of the go-to, right, for my team members. But that did take early investment in resources financially and with my time setting that up. But I'm so grateful that I did because of the fact that I've been able to grow pretty, pretty rapidly. From your perspective, what do you feel like if someone was struggling with kind of balancing family with short-term rentals, with a career, what would a good piece of advice be from your experience? Exactly what you're saying. Set that up from the beginning because now it's, it's, it's like hard to teach an, an old dog new tricks, right? Like I've been doing this for so long that I'm struggling with that, like stepping back and giving things to other people to help me, right? Like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a very honest person and I'm constantly evaluating my life. And that's the one piece in my life that I feel that I'm struggling in. Everything mm-hmm. else is great. I have a very successful business, my properties. So if we're talking about my five properties, I mean, they're all... I have systems in place, right? So they're streamlined pretty, pretty well. So that's mm-hmm. not the issue with my everyday uh, life, everyday tasks and things. Do what you're doing. I want to learn more about what you're doing. I think that that in itself should be a, a Zoom call, you know? To <laughs> t- no, seriously, right? Because it's like, I feel like so many, so many women are go, go, go. They want to be these leaders. They want to be these like, boss babes and they want all these things right because i that's just how i am i've always been an overachiever right mm-hmm. but i feel like having kids and having a family it's a struggle right because mm-hmm. i just want to keep going 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 but I, I know i have to stop because i need to have that time with my kids because at the end of the day i mean they're going to be grown before we yeah. know it right so i think mm-hmm. that that's having like a candid conversation about that how do how does that look how do we set that up because I would love to do something like that. I have, I, I can allot so much of the of my of my money, right, to to help me right. if it's going to mean I can grow and I have some of my time back, right? I think right. many of us would would be okay with that. Sure. All right, so, Madeline said we need to set up a Zoom call for that. Yes. That. No, I think, <laughs> no, I think that's great. Just like life management, right? So we yeah. need time management, and I know that that's a big topic. Yeah. Um, but it's how do you execute that, right? Like, what does that look like? That's yeah. where many of us, I think, could it could help us grow 
And I, I do think too, and maybe it is a topic that we cover at the upcoming STR virtual summit for women. I think that that is a really great point that you bring up. Like it is a real challenge for folks. One of the things that I often see people struggling with too, is not only just setting up the team, but actually being comfortable delegating things. I always say that I am a recovering perfectionist. And so it is often the mindset, oh, it's just faster and better if I just tackle it. Like I can do it a lot, a lot better than someone else. But it that can be a very sobering uh, approach because it keeps you in a box. Absolutely, 100%. That's where I'm at right now. That's yeah. me. I need to micromanage. I need to, but but do I? Because I'm, I'm I mean, I'm, I'm stuck. Yeah. Right. If I want to do more, I have to work more. I have to try to create more time. Right. Right. That becomes exhausting when you think about it. And then you're not like you're, you're, you're just not the best version of yourself. So I think this is a great conversation and uh, sign me up. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. All right. Now you mentioned mindset. You mentioned mindset. I also am a huge mindset person. Do you have a favorite mindset book or resource that you have learned from? Not off the top of my head, but I have this that I got from my therapist many years ago. (laughs) This line, this mantra, right? If you always do what you've always done, you'll always be who you've always been. Ooh. That changed my life. Honestly, Stacey, I get like chills. Changed my life about when I met what did I mean, my husband, 17 years ago. Like wow. those words just, boop, you right. know, because I feel like we all go through our highs and lows in our lives. Mm-hmm. And that woman that I had as my therapist changed, changed everything for me. So my mantra is, I mean, like The Secret was a great book that talks mm-hmm. about manifesting the life that you want. But I'm one of those people, and I've and I've always said this, where I'm very I have a very positive outlook. Is the half is the glass half full or half empty or half empty? For me, it's if you're a good person, you deserve everything in the world that you want. So so go after it. What is yep. it that you want? So Love that. That's, yeah, that's me. But that that mantra, that mantra, that sentence, that line for me when I'm feeling in a space where I'm like I, I just I say that. Or I kind of get back to a space where, why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. I'm doing this for, for my family, for my kids. I love this. And, and it just keeps me going. So, Awesome, awesome advice. All right. I want to move to the lightning round. And what I'm going to ask you to do is answer these questions with the very first thing that comes to mind. First question is, where is your favorite place to vacation? The beach. Do you have a specific beach in mind or any beach? Well, lately, all, I mean, all I do is travel to my places. <laughs> That's been my life. That's where I go with COVID. It kind of restricted us from traveling. And then we became investors of all these places. There so Panama City Beach, my kids love it. That's it's the first place that I think of when, when we want to go to the beach. Beautiful. Okay. Next question. What's one place you've never been? that you want to visit? Greece. Ooh, Greece. Okay. I've heard it's beautiful. Oh my I've goodness. never been as well. 
I have, I've had several friends that have gone. One of my clients recently just went and it's just so, so it looks so beautiful. I definitely would love to explore, explore that area. Mm -hmm. Love it. Love it. Okay. What's one thing you know now that you wished you knew when you started out in short-term rentals? What do I know now that I wish I would have known? That's a great question. I get told you, I dive in a hundred percent. So agents, they're not all the same. That's I, I, I know how I work my, my business and I know the service that I provide to other, to my clients, but not everyone's the same. Right. So that is the truth. That is the truth. All right. What is the best piece of advice you've ever been given? I just told you. <laughs> I know you did. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> Man. You know, okay, so say it again. Honestly, the best piece of advice is I grew. I I come from immigrant parents. They immigrated from South America, and so I'm an American. So my parents said, "You, we we came to this country for a better life for you. Like the sky's the limit. You know, you can do whatever it is that you want to do if you set your mind to it." So early on, from a young age, I always was. It, I always had that instilled in me, right? Mindset is everything. You can do whatever you want. The sky's the limit. Love it. Do what you want to do. Love it. Love it. Love it. All right. Last question. What is one thing and or person that you're grateful for today? Uh, honestly, this is probably going to sound like cliche, but it's it's you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm so serious, Stacy. I am so, so thankful for you. I mean, I think we met what two years ago on social media. Yeah. yeah. And you were just nothing but kind and gracious. And you knew nothing about me, right? But I feel like we automatically instantly had this connection. Mm -hmm. And that's when I was starting to get into the space. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna I'm gonna sell short-term rentals in the smokies. And I was talking to you about it. And you said, Madeline, do you want to, do you want to present on your market? Mm -hmm. And I said, heck yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah, I do. <laughs> and I dived in and I, like I told you, I'm an educator, right? So yeah. I dived in and I did my research and I knew everything I needed to know about the Smokies. And it was because of you, right? You gave me oh. that opportunity. You gave me the, the opportunity on your platform to share, right? This beautiful market that I'm in. And so I'm so thankful for you, even today, to be able to be here and talk to you and just share, right, this journey that we've been on. It, it means a lot to me. Well, I am equally grateful for you, and I'm giving you a huge virtual hug through the recording studio. <laughs> yeah, no, I love you. Your energy is contagious, and you're genuine. It's hard to find people like you, for, for sure. Yeah. If we could just let my family know that. That's oh funny. my gosh. That's awesome. All right. Before we wrap up, if someone wants to learn more about you or maybe looking for an agent in the Smokies, what is the best way for them to get in touch with you online? Um, you can find me at Madeline uh, Torres Blum on Facebook and send me a private message or I can give you my number. Will you be able to share my contact information? Yes, phone sure. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm the most active on Facebook. You can find me on Instagram, Madeline Blum, but Facebook is kind of where you'll find me. <laughs> I feel like it's where you find like the the cool the cooler older moms, women. 
That's right. My kids will tell me, oh, mom, nobody's on Facebook anymore. That is so old school. And I'm like, hey, hey, people, I may be old school, but I'm there. That's right. I mean, I'm kind of cool. I mean, do I get a lot of my business from Facebook. I share a lot of my journey and my story on Facebook. So for me, like that's where the cool people, that's where the cool moms. All right. The cool women are. I'm telling my kids that. I mean, you have this platform, Instagram, which is nice. That's cool. But I'm so busy. I can't be on all these different ones. And then people talk to me about TikTok. I'm like, I don't know what TikTok is. I'm not not creating an account. I'm not doing any of that. I know. I know. My team has been talking with me about TikTok as well. And I'm like, okay, I have a hard enough time (laughs) understanding Instagram. Okay. Seriously. It, it's tough. All the platforms, all the things. Thank you so much for being with us today. I really appreciate it. Thank you for in- inviting me and having me here. And, you know, the last piece of advice I do want to say is this. When you're looking for an agent, make sure that you find an agent that has core values, right? Like they want to be transparent. They have integrity. There, there are a lot of agents out there that will say anything to get a deal, right? Mm-hmm. And so I feel like in the last two years, we've seen a lot of chatter. We've heard a lot of chatter and things come up where people have bought properties that weren't necessarily the best investments. And so we're seeing a lot of people selling, a lot of like people that are frantic. So just having con- candid conversations with with our clients, because at the, at the end of the day, we do have a fiduciary duty to take care of our people, right? We are their voice. And so making sure that we're guiding them when they're doing inspections, so many things are missed, but providing them with all of the things that they should be doing while they're on this journey, because many things can go wrong. Yep. Right. And so I think inspections are a really big one. Finding someone that really understands when you're in the mountains, especially making sure that we're doing well inspections, we're doing septic inspections, we're doing a full thorough inspection of of the home as, as a whole. So that we're not missing these pieces because there's a lot of problems out there. And and they can be costly problems. Very, very, very costly. You know, you don't want to buy a, a cabin that has a dry well or isn't producing enough water or has a septic tank where the leach field lines are failing. You know what I mean? Like there's so many of these different things that can go wrong that can be very, very costly. And I don't think right now we're in a time where no one's doing inspections, but a lot of people bought homes. Boy, they did. Or, you know, maybe uh, did inspections and didn't necessarily take those issues seriously. And now those are costing tens of thousands of dollars. So that's my, I just thought about it and just want to make sure people, people know that, especially going into the mountains. It's a different. We just got bonus advice right here, people. There you go. (laughs) I love it. Thanks so much, girl. I'll see you soon. Thank you. Have a great day. Now, before you go, I want to quickly provide an amazing shout out to the phenomenal women inside the Female Short-Term Rental Investors Facebook group. Ladies, if you are not part of our Facebook group yet, I encourage you and invite you to join us. Inside, we have more than 47,000 women from all around the world who eat, sleep, breathe, and talk short-term rentals each and every day. And I want to give a shout out to Carmen Rods. Just yesterday, Carmen posted, and she says, hi, ladies. As I'm choosing, 
items to furnish in my newly acquired beach condo, I'm asking myself if it's smart to buy a ceiling fan with a remote or not. I am thinking that someone could easily lose it. What are your thoughts? And we have 11 women who have chimed in so far. And the overarching feedback is not to buy a remote-based fan, not to buy a fan with a remote. Because the experience that's been shared is that a lot of times guests will lose the remotes or have the remotes break. And then unfortunately, the ceiling fan has to be replaced. So again, Carmen, thank you so much for posing that question. And thank you to Kate McKenzie, Amber Young, Ashley Niebel, Mary Rose. Oh, goodness. Mary Rose. I'm going to butcher your name right now. Okay. Mary Rose Cnave. I Mary, I'm so sorry. I'm sure I'm saying your name incorrectly. And so many more. Thank you so much for, for chiming in and sharing your feedback with Carmen. All right. That is it for this episode. I hope you have an amazing week and I look forward to seeing you very, very soon. Hey sister, thanks for listening to the podcast. I wanted to let you know about a free resource my team is providing, the STR Success Blueprint Strategy Session. If you're looking to take your STR business to the next level, or heck, even just get it started, this free one-on-one is something you won't want to miss. You'll discover new tools for your STR business and outline an action plan that will help you achieve your goals and reverse engineer your STR success. This session is your chance to get the help you need to succeed. Schedule your free STR Success Blueprint Strategy Session right now by visiting stacystjohn.com backslash success.